This is a HeadGum Podcast. There's something magical about unboxing. When you unbox BritBox, you uncover a world of British entertainment. Stream the UK's most brilliant series, including new and upcoming seasons of Shetland, Father Brown and Death in Paradise. Plus new originals like Payback, Irving Welsh's Crime and Archie, the story of Hollywood's greatest leading man, Cary Grant. Unbox BritBox and escape to the best of British TV. Stream with a free trial at BritBox.com. Taiwan is the first country that can watch. This quote, delivered in Mandarin in a promotional interview for the ninth Fast and Furious film given with Taiwanese media outlet TVBS, provoked a PR disaster for the man who said it, WWE superstar turned to movie star John Cena. The seemingly innocuous acknowledgement of Taiwanese sovereignty stirred a massive backlash in mainland China, leading Cena to issue an emphatic retraction and apology, also in Mandarin. This gesture ignited its own backlash in the U.S., which saw the video statement on Weibo as a craven cave to the Chinese government in exchange for international box office revenue. It's hardly the first China-centric free speech controversy in the West. Sports fans saw the NBA and its stars cower in silence after China financially retaliated for then-Houston Rockets GM Daryl Morey's tweet in support of the Hong Kong protests. And while easy and fun to condemn celebrities for failing to speak up when their wealth is threatened by a totalitarian state, such is a feature, not a bug, of multinational capitalism. Futurists of the recent past predicted the internet would lead to a global free speech movement, whereas in reality the opposite has happened. Nations have more effectively throttled communication by holding hostage the revenue of multinational corporations. Apple, publicly emphatic about its commitment to user privacy, but relying on both Chinese manufacturing and China's enormous customer base, agreed to host user data on government-controlled servers as a cost of doing business in the region. But while capitalism has been ruinous for freedoms, worker rights, and the environment worldwide, it has been an incredible boon for dining. In 1958, Bing Yiyang, a refugee from mainland China, opened a cooking oil shop with his wife Penmei Lai in the Taiwanese capital of Taipei. In 1970, the couple began selling Xiaolong Bao, literally translated as little dumpling in a basket, out of their shop, and by 1972 had pivoted fully to being a restaurant. The concept quickly drew long lines and expanded locally and in time internationally, opening a Tokyo branch in 1996 and a U.S. outlet in the majority Asian American city of Arcadia, California in 2000. Today, the chain has 170 outlets in 13 countries and is revered for its quality of food and service and its staggering consistency across multinational locations. And while the geopolitical status of Taiwan remains unresolved in a public relations third rail, the status of Taiwan's most famous restaurant export is above reproach the rare chain to be awarded a coveted Michelin star. This week on Doughboys, Din Tai Fung. Welcome to Doughboys, the iHeartRadio award-winning podcast about wow. chain restaurants. <laughs> I'm Nick Weiger, along with my co-host, Dolly Farton, the Spoon Man, Dolly Mike Farton. Mitchell. <laughs> the hell? Dolly Farton? That's how we win the, the hardware, baby. That's Jesus the kind of stuff Christ. that gets us the gold. You know what? I heart, I heart radio. Wow. What a thing to say. Daniel Dolly Schlosser Farton. sent that roast in uh, with comment, Mitch has big boots. I get you. Do you have big feet? I do. Size 14. Size 14. Okay. Roast Spoonman at gmail.com. 
You know what they say about big feet? Mm-hmm. It's not true. <laughs> <laughs> That's the saying. Uh, Dolly Farton. Dolly Farton. How about I Fart Radio? What do you think of that? That's pretty good. We might see that in a subsequent week. <laughs> I think I take back our fucking award, huh? You gonna take back our award? <laughs> How dare you? Wags, uh, howdy how to Spoon Nation. Wow. And Slice Nation, I guess. Um, not I guess, I know. What's going on, Wags? What are you what, are, what what's what what's what are you what are you up to? What's happening? The the you know what? Mm-hmm. It's the bowl weekend, baby. As of this record, mm-hmm. we are coming up on the Super Bowl, which is happening right here in the city of Los Angeles, SoFi Stadium. The boys. This episode releases. Uh, we will have, we will know the victor. It will be in our past. You know what? This Sunday, you got to give the Sunday back to the boys. You got to give it back. You know what, Wise? That's kind of my mission this year. Mm-hmm. We talked about it a bit with with Ghostbusters. Give it back to the yeah. boys. Yeah. So Barstool Sports has Saturdays for the boys. Saturdays. Yeah, but that's not what boys. it's about. No, no. You're I'm saying just, no. I'm you're not, saying I'm Sundays give back from, to the boys. <laughs> Sundays, you got to give it back to the boys. You, you got to go to it's church. It's a different no, you day. You got to give it so. back to the boys. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> that's what I'm about this year. Saturdays is Barstool Sports thing, but Sundays is Spoonman's thing. That's right. You got to okay. give it to the, that, that. This year, I'm gonna. This year is about giving it back to the boys. You got to give it back. You, you got to. The you, boys you, are due. The boys need a break. The boys need a break. Give it back to the boys. Are you got you got any plans for Super Bowl weekend? Yellow jackets. Mm-hmm. And like a lot of you know, it's like a lot of female cast. Give it back to the boys. Make a make a make another B show with all the guys. I want to see all the guys in the show. <laughs> you want to see Hornets with a cast? Yeah, of dudes? Hornets. Yeah, give me Hornets with all the with all the boys. Oh boy. What? I, no, I think I, 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 hey, you know what? If it works out, it works out. I think that the, I enjoy Yellow Jackets. I know it's not your cup of tea, but I had a great time watching it. You know that song, You Make Me mm-hmm. Feel Like a Natural Woman? Uh-huh. Give it to the boys. <laughs> you make me feel like a natural man? I actually did, I did actually have a, a parody of this. Ready? You do? You make me squeal. You make me squeal. You make me squeal like a pink little piglet. (laughs) What does that have to do with giving it back to the boys? (laughs) Give it back to the boys. We like to talk about pigs. Boys do like pigs. They do that. You know, boys like to get it up in the muck. They like their farm animals. Song should be about the hogs, baby. (laughs) (laughs) Good Lord. That's what's happening this year, Wags. We're giving it back Uh to the boys. Giving it back to the boys. So prepare for this bit to carry on for another three months. Till it's, we love it. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Where's my for the boys (laughs) t-shirt? The song was good. You have to admit that. It was good. I just was not sure of the connection to your thesis, but you mm. you explained it. So yeah, yeah, yeah. Taking yeah. that song back for the boys it makes mm-hmm. sense. Mm-hmm. It's good. Speaking of which, we got a we got we got a, a all guys. Show. You know what? Would Emma 
It's not all. There's never all boys. But Emma's right. kind of like one of the boys. <laughs> sure. Women like to hear that. You're not like other girls. Yeah, I'm one of the boys. <laughs> You're one of the boys. <laughs> <laughs> all right. I'll stop this bit. No, I'm going to keep it going for a while. Keep it going. Oh, wait. I got to do a drop. That's right. Mm-hmm. Wags, I already mm-hmm. said howdy ho. I already sang. Mm-hmm. Before I get to the drop, I just want to tell you, it's a long one, but it's good. Okay? Okay. You said this last time, and I agreed with you that it was a long one. Yes. So. <laughs> this one is good. Okay. You know, a little, str- a little stretched out drop for the boys. That's what it is. Here we go. Mm. <laughs> Here is a little drop, Wags. Nick Wagers Mitch, I got a. I just got an email. Our iHeartRadio award has been melted down. So. Wow! Yeah. Wags, if you're mm-hmm. wondering why that drop was so good, it's because it comes from a professional band. Wow. That's right, Wags. Dear Doughboys Media Conglomerate. <clears throat> oh. Uh, <clears throat> Dear Doughboys Media Conglomerate, (laughs) after going through the whole main feed in nine months, I finally gave in and made a drop. I teamed up with my Doughboys guru, Jared, from Pears. Wow. Wow. And another friend that is uninitiated, we wrote the song to honor you and your work, and in the process, got another future fan quite interested. Please feel free to check out our other projects, Loose Tooth and Brown Rainbow. And they give a couple uh, links, which we will post in our socials. Spoon Nation for Life. Loose Tooth and Brown Rainbow. Hell yeah. How about that? And also and also Jared from Pears. Keon, Jared, and Sean Sean. Mm. Uh, that's, uh, and hey, that ruled. I mean, that sounded great. Very good. It was great. And then you came in and said we should melt the iHeartRadio award for a fucking <laughs> great song. I like the song. There's the lyrics here, too. Nick Weiger's full of cum, big mouth, mm-hmm. and a real long tongue. Yeah, I think we his heard brain's all these, a, so we don't, His don't brain's a circuit board. He's going to spill some more. 
Yeah, he's we got a big hog and wants to mm-hmm. work at a store. Uh huh. Wow. Mike Mitchell's full of cum. I don't know if that's uh-huh. true. He wants to date his mom. He likes oven fries. Th- thinks cupcakes are pies. Uh huh. He's a big, big man with little beady eyes. Also true. Yeah. The Doughboys are the ones who eat mm-hmm. tons of shit for our fun. And if Nick and Mitch can't get it together, this fork score won't get much better. Mm. The Doughboys are my friends. That was great. It was good. It was well done. I liked it. Great little ditty. God, you show no enthusiasm. You suck. That's me showing enthusiasm. Get our guest in here. Pears, thank you. You rule. Thanks, Pears. Yeah. And Brown talent? Rainbow. Really? And who else is Brown, Rain- Brown Rainbow? Who's the other one? Were you quizzing me? That's what it was in the email. You had the email in front of you. Brown Rainbow and, and Loose Tooth. Shout out Loose Tooth. Shout out Pears. Shout out Brown Rainbow. Thanks so much. Lovely. We got talented bands that listen to us. I, I, I mean, I, I got I to gotta beg for them to not listen anymore. Mm-hmm. They shouldn't listen. No, don't do that. Pup? Pears? Mm-hmm. It's great. <laughs> Thank you guys for listening. Can I say, can I say the, the, the joke I made at the Philadelphia Live show that I told you backstage and you told me I shouldn't say, and then I said it on yeah, stage? Let's, let's hear okay. it. Uh, what, pup? Pears? What's next? A partridge in a pear tree? Wait, that wasn't how it went. <laughs> oh, no, this is what it was. This is what it was. Wait, pup? Pears? Jeez. Was this a freaking w- five days of Christmas? That's what it was. <laughs> 12 days. And I told you not to make that? I can't imagine yeah, why. Yeah, I think so. <laughs> I didn't want to start our show off with fucking crickets. Our guest today is senior editor at Eater LA and author of the book, Los Angeles Street Food. Farley Elliott is here. Hi, Farley. Hello, hello, hello. Thanks for having me. Thank you Thanks so for much for making here. time for us. This this episode in particular is a long time coming. We talked about this before everything yes. shut down. I know everyone has had this conversation about so many things. Uh, and mm. we finally were able to pull it together, which we're, we're, we're very, very excited about. Very excited to talk about this chain and excited just to talk about you in general because I can't imagine your professional life over the last two years has resembled anything you expected it to. No, you're absolutely right. You know, I got into food writing. And the idea at the time was like, I like hot dogs. I wonder if anybody agrees with me. Just one of like a, <laughs> you know. <laughs> a million shitty ideas. You guys right. had a shitty idea that became a podcast. And you know what I'm talking about. <laughs> and so it really, it really was for years a lot of just like fun and you break news and you get to tell restaurant stories. And and on my best days, I, I like to say that I'm helping small business owners reach a wider audience, which is really, really cool in Los Angeles, where there's 30,000 restaurants and 10,000 more street food vendors. Uh, during the pandemic, obviously, that was not the case. Thankfully, a lot of local people really continued to care about restaurants in their neighborhoods and their communities. And I think that did help specifically to save a lot of restaurants. We still lost about 20% of our independent restaurants in the state of California over the past wow. two years. So Man. it's been really hard. Um, I never thought on the reporting side that I would have to like make inroads with the governor's office to figure out how many people died that day or something. It was uh, darkest timeline kind of shit. But the right. reality is that the restaurant industry is as resilient as ever. And the people who make it up are some of the most beautiful and hardworking folks that I can imagine ever having the privilege to talk to. So they really made my life better even during such troubling times. That's rad. Wow. Yeah. Why is we, I actually, um, Farley and I actually discussed this, uh, while we were waiting for you to arrive at the restaurant. Um, that's right. Yeah. You were, you were a couple minutes uh, late. Actually, I was a little late. Yeah. 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 
So we went over some of this. You just you uh-huh. went there. You got there like yeah. ten minutes later, but it's fine. Yeah, um, it's yeah. Mitch and I are actually rehashing this because uh, <laughs> I don't know if Mitch was specific enough to say you were late. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's true. I was a little late, which is not hey not not coming for me, but I was. <laughs> I want to get a couple of things out of the way right up top. Um, yes. Mitch, I'm I'm insulted, Mitch, that you didn't say that you were afraid to do the howdy ho in front of me because I'm not a good enough guest. That's fine. I know um, you too well. <laughs> I know you too well. I'm not afraid anymore. I would like for you guys to note in the chat that I did officially change my name to the Whammer Senior. We noticed um, that. Yes. And <laughs> That's because your your dad's Quincy nickname famously is the Whammer, and I'm taking mm-hmm. grandparents back for the boys. So I'm now wow. your dad's dad. Yeah, canonical. It's about time. Barley, I got I got tough news for you. My dad was his my dad's dad was also William Anthony Mitchell. <laughs> oh no. Yeah. I had to go Whammer Senior too. Yeah, you gotta, yeah. <laughs> you gotta go a couple back. <laughs> That's a double whammy. This is incredible. He maybe wasn't William Anthony. I think he also maybe was also a Whammer. Uh, mm-hmm. I didn't. I I wasn't a whammer. MDM. <laughs> you, your dad. Yeah, your dad took one look at you and he said, "This kid isn't whammer material." Yeah. <laughs> I mean, basically, yes. <laughs> my dad. There was a story about my dad where he would go into a bar, and my dad isn't like this at all. Very, very nice man, but uh, like uh, he would get punched in the head for beers. I shouldn't tell this story because I don't really know. <laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs> like the side of the head? Yeah, they were like, give him your best shot, and he wouldn't go down, you know? He was, I think he was, I think he was strong. Wait, but, but like, not, a, not punched in the face, punched somewhere on his skull. Yeah, I think in the skull face. I don't know. Jesus Christ. This also wasn't what my dad was like at all. You met my yeah. dad, Wags. You met him before. He's just a very Lovely nice man. man. Yeah, did not seem like the kind of guy who get punched in the head for beers. You do seem like that. Yes. <laughs> well, I would do the lineup. We've talked. Have uh-huh. we, we talked about the lineup. We've talked about the lineup. Yeah, but you can recap. The lineup was a shot of Jaeger, mm-hmm. another shot of Jaeger, and a Jaeger bomb, mm-hmm. uh, a Guinness, and then a Bud Light. And I drink all of that in under thirty seconds. People would would it would be a show. Yeah, uh, they they'd line it up. Disgusting. Don't do that Disgust- to yourself anymore. Disgusting. You don't do that anymore, do you? I mean, I'll do it for a live show. <laughs> <laughs> Stop doing that. I'll Stop do a lineup for your a live body show. for for people's amusement. Then someone, then then uh, Dean Coughlin from from North Quincy High School was at the bar. Ooh, that lousy Dean. No, Dean Coughlin was great. I let me oh, sign okay. out all the time. He was a good guy. Great. Uh, but uh, he was like, do I have to go down the hall and check with your mom? If I'm, I was like, I need to like sign out and go home for the day. He's like, should I check with your mom? I was like, oh, don't do that. And then I would just leave and go to Pizza Hut. Uh, but he saw me doing uh, he saw me doing a lineup and he uh, he told my mom and then my mom like it was like a big thing where my my mom like they bought like they put a gold in my Christmas stocking because they thought gold was a part of it. It was Jägermeister. Uh, and like they, like they were because they had heard about this. And my dad said, "Don't be the village idiot." He, that's what he said. Wait, they me. were they were trying to encourage this behavior? No, it was like a joke because they were mad oh. at me about it. And my dad was like, "Don't be the village idiot, boy." You know that sort of thing. Like season one, Homer. Yeah, don't be the village idiot, boy. <laughs> <laughs> Mitch, you ever you ever walk into a bar and people are like, "Hey, let me punch you in the head," and you're like. For a beer, right? And like, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah, sure, for a beer. 
I drop <laughs> <Of> immediately. <laughs> <laughs> if um, I, I if someone were to punch Mitch in the head, I don't feel well about their hands. I think <laughs> they're gonna take the worst of it. It's like punching a bowling ball. I got that juggernaut skull. Yeah. <laughs> uh. We punch this marble statue. That guy's wearing a peacemaker helmet. Look at it. <laughs> <laughs> it's the juggernaut, bitch. That was our introduction to uh, to oh, the live yeah. action juggernaut. Was he said it's that was juggernaut, like, bitch? Is that what it was? There was a meme, and they they referenced the meme, and it was like too early to be referencing a meme in a movie and for people to like it. That's Nowadays, what it people was. It was like based it, on a but meme. back then it was like like oh this sucks, and everyone was yeah. upset. Yeah. yeah, it was bad. Bad news. It was bad. Uh, finally, back to food. I, I, we, we talked a little bit of the meal, uh, uh, and you have been because your your professional life requires you to go out and eat so much and eat, you know, at a lot of different places. And you've talked before, I think, even on the podcast about how, like, you know, part of the job involves not just sampling a lot of food, but also you don't want to be rude to people who are giving you food. So it's not like, like, oh, I'm going to take a taste and then throw this in the trash. Um, sometimes you end up eating more than, than, than you would like, but you have been mitigating that by eating vegan at home. And, and what has that experience been like and how long have you been he- keeping that up? Yeah, it's been fun. You know, I, like a lot of people spent, uh, almost a year not really eating out at restaurants, doing takeout and stuff. Mm-hmm. And I'm very blessed. You know, I'm not a food critic. I'm not an anonymous person. I have a dining budget. My job is to go out and, and have relationships with people in the restaurant industry and help to tell their stories. And so I was still doing a ton of takeout, but I found in those really early dark days where you would go to a grocery store and it felt impossible and scary and entire like aisles were empty that I just didn't want to elbow old ladies for like loose bags of chicken. I was like, this doesn't feel good. I gotta Uh, tell you, I'm still doing that. I did that pre and post pandemic. (laughs) Give loose chicken back to the boys. (laughs) (laughs) I can watch it. great. Yeah. Just, just soggy (laughs) bags of chicken. It just never <laughs> felt right. And so eating vegan at home has been pretty transformative. I, I'm not a super stickler for it. You know, if, if I end up picking up a packet of, of cheese or somebody brings something into the house, it's not that big of a deal. And I still eat anything when I'm out. But I think it's really transformed my recipe game. Usually, mm. you know, three, four years ago, I would just be putting a piece of meat down on the plate that I cook, maybe a vegetable on the side and a, a you know, some other carbohydrate. And that was if I was even eating at home. Now I'm looking up recipes. I'm, you know, getting more in depth with uh, spices and things like that. It's been really, really fun. And I think has helped me in some ways being a little more lazy at home to continue to stay healthy in other ways. Right. Do you have a, do you, are, are you like an instant pot guy or are, do, you, do you make a lot of stews? What, what's kind of your go-to? Bit of a soup nut for sure. Okay. Um, I am a huge part of the of Allison Roman's universe. I know she's been partially canceled, um, but the chickpea stew slaps, and there's just no denying that. And that's been a really big savior for me. So the Instant Pot does come in handy. I've been doing more Indian cooking at home, a lot of dolls and things like that, which has oh, been yeah. really great. Yeah, that has just broadened the repertoire unbelievably. And now... I feel like I'm kind of at that place where you've got staple ingredients and things that you know you like, and you can kind of pull something together on a weeknight without having to go down the rabbit hole. Um, I don't need to follow directions in order to lead a successful life like you do, Nick. So it's a little bit easier to just (laughs) kind of whip something up. Also, successful life. Wait a minute. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I should have stopped there. Barley, you can't go. Here's the deal. You can't go full vegan, though, right? Just with your job, it would feels like it would be impossible, right? 
Yeah, exactly. I, I would have to probably leave my job. So I'm I, basically at this point with, of the pandemic, I'm still eating out somewhere between, you know, four and nine times a week. And maybe Damn. that's takeout or maybe it's on-site dining or whatever. And uh, there were times previous to this where it would be in the, in the dozens in a given month. So that's still definitely a big focus of the job. It's a lot of fun, but man, it will it will kill you if you let it. You guys have known me for a long time. Like I was... Mm-hmm really heavy for a while and, and have managed to, to keep off a bunch of weight. And I'm just trying to balance that sort of work-life situation. And, and to be perfectly honest, it's something that you guys have to deal with eating out as much as you do too. So there's no wrong answers. There's no right answers. It's just about trying to figure out what works for longevity for yourself. Right. Well, you're looking great. You're doing a good job. Uh, we're, we're not. Uh, we're, we're, we're sucking it up over here. Uh, but I, but I uh, Farley, I wanted to get from you a little in uh, a little restaurant in memoriam are there are there specific can, are there some mm. restaurants that that we've said goodbye to in this last year for like for me i know this is kind of like a a, a little more basic one and and but cafe 101 going down was uh was was sad news and there was now and now i'm going to forget some places that went down but there were there were some closures that were were a complete bummer um but yeah yeah i mean there's there's really too many to name and honestly a lot of the closures that hit the worst for me are just kind of the most personal. There was a dive bar in Culver City called the Tattletale. That was one of the first like drink spots I used to love. And they closed during the pandemic. I actually still have in my car a wooden token from the Tattletale, good for one free drink that I'll be cashing in in heaven, I guess. Um, But a lot of the, the real shameful stuff is, you know, small independent street food vendors, people who never even got the Mm. chance to make something bigger out of themselves. And and there was a a period during the pandemic when literally the most dangerous job from a life expectancy standpoint that you could have in the state of California was to be a line cook at a restaurant more than any other profession. So um, anybody that managed to make it through, the people that you think are doing well probably still aren't or have a lot of choose to fill when it's on the staffing side or supply chain side or money that they owe in back rent. And so as much as possible, any restaurant that is still out there, you know, continue to try to support them if you can. Big, beautiful restaurants, Auburn, Bon Toms, kind of fine dining places in Los Angeles. They're no longer with us. And I think they have set back Los Angeles in a way which is going to take us years to recover from the overall like landscape dining visibility that you would have gotten with finer dining places like that. But like I said, the ones I really feel for are street food vendors and, and workers sure. who are never going to yeah. get the chance to really grow. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's, it's awful. It is, it is a, uh, obviously that we, we talked about this a little bit too farly before Nick got there uh, about just the, the world right. going into I can't do it. You, you're the only one who can do it. Uh, about the world going into delivery mode, apps, um, and and the numbers still. That you know the numbers right now, as the world is slowly getting better, but kind of going back and forth. You know, like uh, you know, in which will happen for a long time. But right, the numbers of people eating out still quite low compared to pre-pandemic. Like like very low. So, do you think that do you think that this is like going to be a new way of of eating is just like pick up delivery apps is that here to stay is that the new way or do you think that it will go back to the numbers it had before of people going out like i know that people want to get back out again but what are your thoughts on all that 
Yeah, I don't think that we'll ever truly recapture some of the, at least for Los Angeles, I'll speak specifically, the the dining numbers that we saw 2018 into 2019, where there was so much attention on the city and so much energy and building and people wanting to come and experience it. There is right now a moment, and has been for a little while, of excitement of people wanting that connection and craving group activities and public spaces when they feel safe to do that. But the reality is after two years of apps and delivery and, and ghost kitchens, which is its own ball of wax, oh, that, yeah. that stuff is here to stay. I mean, the, the convenience factor, even when you're getting mediocre food, is really too strong, I think, to ever fully go away. And I would also add companies like, say, the McDonald's or the, you know, the Guy Fieri kitchens and things like that, they're artificially deflating their prices on the app. So you get a burger that's, you know, uh, say $6.99 for McDonald's, even if it's getting delivered to your front door and it costs a little more than if you're doing the drive through And over time, you start to think that a burger is worth $6.99, that your dinner is worth $6.99. And restaurants in other spaces cannot compete with that. And so right. it really drags down the entire operation from a hospitality standpoint. I think that's the long-term bump. Damn. Yeah. Yeah. That's a, yeah, no, that's a, that's, that's a, that's a huge bummer. I, I like, uh, I got lunch delivered today because we were doing records and, uh, I postmated it and there was, there was a note in the bag. I didn't postmate it. I grub hubbed it, but there was a note in the bag that was like, don't use these delivery services. And I was like, they're right. And I was in a situation where we had about a half an hour window between, uh, between recording. So I scheduled to come and I was like, this is exactly right. I should go pick up this food more often. And that is kind of like a, I, go, going out to eat with you and Nick uh, to this restaurant. I was like, I love this. I, this is a th- part of my oh, life yeah. that I truly miss uh, is yeah. just getting dinner with friends. And, and That's just, what it's all about. It's great. It's one That's of the best things there about. is. You go out and I mean, it's a yeah, different company with some friends. Wait, wait a minute. <laughs> Barley and fun. me and someone else. No, we, I, of course we had fun. <laughs> But but I mean, uh, Mitch and I actually Mitch and I went to lunch separately after that with just yeah. a cardboard cutout of you, Nick. And I got to tell you, we had a better time. And you were more talkative, actually. Yeah. <laughs> more charisma for sure. Uh, I Farley, <laughs> I wanted to ask you about about Taipei because mm-hmm. this is we're, we're reviewing a Taiwanese restaurant, a restaurant founded in Taipei mm-hmm. this week, and you actually spent some time there. And there's a pretty comprehensive. Uh, Taipei travel guide, which Eater put together that 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 we'll put we'll put on our social media uh, that you had a hand in. Yeah, so that's part of the bonus of my job is occasionally I get to go travel around the world and and talk about dining in other places. The beautiful thing about how we try to do it is that it's not, you know, let's send some chubby white guy across the world for 10 days to talk about definitive ranks of restaurants or something. It's really about getting on the ground and working with local folks there, writers, stringers, photographers, to help kind of assess what our needs are from a storytelling perspective and to help them show us things that we might otherwise miss. So we got to go for uh, 10 days, myself, Leslie Suter, and some other folks and really just be in the world of Taipei. That's street food. That's like high-end fine dining. We got to go to the Taipei 101 building. We actually got to go down wow. to the south of the island. Um, wow. And if you don't know, Taipei is the capital city of Taiwan, which um, by many countries, they would say that they are uh, technically uh, part of China. Taiwan largely considers itself independent, almost in the way that Hong Kong is. It's, it's very complicated. Getting into it here is 
Um, you know, your listeners are probably already bleeding out of the ears, but it's there's structurally and politically, there's a lot going on. Right. But it's an amazing, amazing city and an amazing place. And it's now kind of my default for anybody that I know that is traveling to Asia once it's safe to do so. I really recommend flying directly into Taipei, spending a couple of days there and just experiencing it from breakfast, Taiwanese breakfast, all the way through dinner and night markets. There is nothing like it. It is so singular and beautiful and, and absolutely delicious. Wait, what, what is Taiwanese breakfast? Taiwanese breakfast is a lot of uh, tofu and crullers, and they have like soy milks and things like that. Mm. Um, Lu Rao Fan, like rice wrap with eggs sometimes in it, and sky and pancakes, oh, John wow. Beans, mm. and that kind of stuff. Um, you'll have street food vendors just everywhere that'll be parked up, flipping John Beans, little, you know, almost crispy thousand layer pancakes, some cheese, some egg, and you can grab those on the go. And then they have, you know, like what they would affectionately call wet markets, you know, neighborhood community markets, almost like pop-up farmers markets that happen in, in alleys and other areas. And you can grab stuff from them. So it's really an all-day affair. And, and food, like so many other places in the world, is sort of central to so much of what they do. And they also, and this will speak a little bit to our restaurant today, are not afraid because of the density of Taipei to put a restaurant anywhere. It can be on the fifth floor of an office building. It can be down an alley somewhere. And I, I think it. that that's cool. something yeah, that's cool. that we could do a better job at is just really embracing restaurants wherever they're at instead of saying, oh, it's got to be this, you know, standalone parking lot uh, that has space for my car and I'm going to drive 20 minutes to. Restaurants can be everywhere yes. and everything. I, 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 you know, we're talking about politically charged stuff here with, uh, with, with China and Taiwan, uh, but I just want to go on the record and say the Doughboys uh -oh. are in favor of zoning reform that allows for restaurants to be more places. <laughs> so, <laughs> it is always fun when there's like a restaurant down a little alley you know what i mean i like love a, it like a whatever um we went to this I, place and we went to uh, real quick on that note but like 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 first off that makes me think in san francisco there's that there there's a tiki bar you've taken me to a few times that's just in yes. the the basically the lobby space of a of an office building uh the tonga it, it feels Barley. Yeah, the Tonga room. Uh, it's like it's like off of a hotel ballroom, basically. And then they and then the uh, but it feels like another another world when you enter into it. But the other place I was thinking of, and we were in Charleston, South Carolina, and we went to this great restaurant. Uh, fuck, I think it's called Shea New. Uh, Nelly would know, but we went to uh, and it's just in a house, and it was just like a yeah. great restaurant space, just a house in a neighborhood. I remember when I was like a teenager and I was down the Cape. Like uh, I think the like the one of the last times I was down the Cape as like a kid, like a well. Mm -hmm as like a preteen slash teen. And uh, we went to like a restaurant in a house and I was like, this is, this is fascinating. But finally, I wanted to say, I wanted to say that, uh, and there's some places like in a, in downtown and little Tokyo and stuff that has, that have like a bars down a weird alley and stuff like that. Um, but I want to say that the idea of, uh, we don't want to send uh, chubby white guys around the world to eat food. It kind of sounds like the decision that Netflix came to when it came to the Doughboy <laughs> show. <laughs> They were like the uh, the they were like the 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 freight charges would be too expensive shipping the new boys internationally. <laughs> fucking it, ship all us of like us Dumbo. waving to you, yeah. yeah, from a steamer ship. Just <laughs> bye -bye. <laughs> they gotta go the long way. Probably we talked we did we did we back back to like the the delivery world, but we were we were talking ghost, uh, ghost kitchens, and Nick and I kind of are not for them. Uh, we're we're not we're not a fan of them. But the the crazy thing, Nick, was when you were talking about sales recently, and Mr. Beast Burger was like one of the 
top places, wasn't it? Wasn't it like one of the top burger restaurants or something insane? It shot up the charts in terms of and and you know, I think this is this is in terms of locations, not overall sales. But yeah. it's it's it it has so many locations now. It's like it's like you know up in the the four digits in terms of numbers of of places where you can order Mr. Beast from. I mean, uh, uh, obviously they got to do, be, be doing something right as far as just making the burgers. You know, I, like they're making burgers people like, but that is so strange to me that uh, that a ghost kitchen place is rose through the ranks like that or whatever. It, it's also some really rosy math. Like they're mm, saying sure. that they have a thousand Mr. Beast locations or, or on the first day that they opened, he said, I opened 300 restaurants at once. Anybody who actually opens a restaurant will tell you how hard it is and how challenging finding the space and doing the build out and all of these things is. They didn't open 300 restaurants. They essentially built an app and you know rebranded some back unused kitchen space of restaurants across the country to package on pieces of paper, you know, little stickers for Mr. Beast and sell the same burgers they were selling everywhere. It's like ne- the kind of nefarious thinking that I think is is bad for workers and independent restaurants alike. Sure. Yeah. That's that's uh, it was I, I told Nick this, but my I miss my Mr. Beast burger was in uh, Bertucci's, which is a uh, East Coast chain. And I was saying to Nick, like, it's a sad spot to be like rooting for like smaller chains in America. Like, right. I, like I'm rooting for independent businesses, obviously, first and foremost. And then it was like, this is a sad world where now I have to like root for the little guy Bertucci's and Papa Gino's yeah. these places that were doesn't like go big, out of business which yes. is also a chain but it's like you know they keep closing <laughs> yeah which is yeah. such a no. crazy spot, spot to come to and I think a lot of what they try to pitch themselves as is this idea that you take a smaller independent restaurant in a smaller town that doesn't have from a branding or reach or app perspective the ability to collect enough audience to do delivery or takeout. And so they say, hey, we're going to give you all the tools and all the packaging to create a, a Mr. Beast, just to use an example. And then you'll cook our burgers and then you'll sell them out of the back of a Bertucci's or whatever underneath that branding name. And that is additive for them. They can also sell their own menu items right. elsewhere on the app if they want to. But the reality is they're getting pummeled 10 to 1, not only with delivery fees, but all the branding and money and marketing that goes behind Mr. Beast that selling their burger against the Mr. Beast burger doesn't really stand a chance. And then when you get into Mr. Beast is also using labor from a Bertucci's or a random Buca de Beppo, then it's corporate money from the top to bottom. And all you're doing is feeding billionaires and keeping the low-class workers underpaid as a result. Right. Yeah. It's grim. Very grim. Yeah, very grim. Well, and, and I just, I, I want to like, I feel like a lot of well-meaning listeners are probably tuned out by now. I think there has been a ton of beautiful stuff that has come out of the pandemic from a restaurant perspective. The ingenuity, pop-ups, not just here in Los Angeles, but across America, people who have part of the great resignation left their jobs and are going to do more meaningful and more financially fulfilling things. There is so much brightness that is still on the horizon in people who are more creatively inspired than ever. And so it is really important to say that your local restaurants might be struggling, but your local restaurants are also in some ways more heartened by the people who choose to come and patronize them than ever before. Wow. Yes. I that's Hey, hey I mean, we're not going to put it better than that. I will say that that Bertucci's was just filled with so many so many ghost kitchens. It was filled with a bunch right. of ghost kitchens. How to get itself to a fucking stress test with Scientology. A Thetan test? What are they called? <laughs> <laughs> get some of those alien ghosts out of you. There was like seven right. different ghost kitchens. What are those yeah. tests called? We took one when we were there. We did a Scientology episode that we never told people about. I think we can uh, now kind of talk about it. It's on the Patreon. We've talked about it. It's on the Patreon. Bit. 
Yeah. yeah. I'm, I'm saying we, we on the main feed, we never talked about it too much. Got yeah, we went to brunch. we went to the Scientology brunch during our religion month. What the fuck was that called? <laughs> what was that called? Praise October praise blessed. October blessed. October October blessed. blessed. Okay, October mm-hmm. blessed we did. We went to I don't think it was rock. I don't think we were rocking it. I think it was just October blessed. It was just October, oh, it was just October blessed. blessed. Okay. Yeah. October blessed. We went to uh, that, I like that month because instead of writing intros, I just read from a religious text for each intro. It saved me a lot of work. Anyway, uh, we we went to the Scientology think, brunch. What the fuck is it called? It's not, the, it's not a dousing rod. That's the thing you use to find water. Is it a stress test, personality test? Is it a thetan test? I don't know. Anyways, the, the, you, as you look that up, I will say that like every place we stress went. Stress test. It E-meter. is a stress test. E-meter is the device E-meter. for a stress test. Yeah. Every episode we did that people would be like, that religion's like really bad, you know. Remember we went to like the we went we like went, we went to like a Buddhist church or something, and then they were like, That place is bad. Like every place we went to was yeah. bad. We found out. But you know we're what? mad about would, organized religion. Yeah, I don't, I don't think that's exclusive to your religious month. I think every place you guys go to is bad. <laughs> <laughs> we'll take a break. We'll be back with more doughboys. Today's episode is sponsored by Lucy. Lucy is made for your nicotine routine and delivered straight to your door. It's 100% pure nicotine and always tobacco-free. Plus, Lucy has options. Choose your form. Pouches, breakers, or gum. Then choose your strength. 2 milligrams, 12 milligrams. Then choose your flavor. Mint, apple, ice, espresso, mango, and more. Save yourself from the weekly gas station stop and sign up for a monthly subscription to save 15% off. There's no commitment. You can cancel anytime. Lucy Breakers are what sets Lucy apart. Breakers are nicotine pouches, but with a tiny capsule inside. The capsule contains liquid flavor that saturates the pouch before it's even in use. Pop the breaker in your mouth, break it with your teeth, get it situated, and boom! Instant nicotine release when you need it. Now, Mitch, you and I are often texting with our good friend Raimondi. Mm -hmm. Raimondi was telling us that he has a favorite Lucy flavor. It is mango. That's right. He's crazy for mango. He's crazy for mango. You know what? If you ask him who his favorite SNL character was and his favorite Lucy flavor, it's the same answer. And hey, one fan says, the berry citrus is juicy as heck. So much flavor being tossed around. It's like an orgasm in my mouth. Thank you, Lucy. You so juicy. Damn. Let's level up your nicotine routine with Lucy. Go to lucy.co slash doughboys and use promo code doughboys to get 20% off your first order. Lucy offers free shipping and has a 30-day refund policy if you change your mind. That's lucy.co and use code doughboys to get 20% off and always free shipping. And here comes the fine print. Lucy products are only for adults of legal age and every order is age verified. Warning, this product contains nicotine. Nicotine is an addictive chemical. Mitch, do you ever feel like money is just flying out of your account and you have no idea where it's going? I do. And you know where it's usually going? Dave Thomas's pockets. Well, I know where mine is going. It's all those subscriptions. Mm. Think about it. Between streaming services, fitness apps, delivery services, parenting apps, mm-hmm. it's when- endless. Wendy's monthly. <laughs> I'm guilty of this. You're guilty of this. Mm. So we use Rocket Money to help us find out what subscriptions we're actually spending money on. And for me, it was eye-opening, and I had them cancel the ones I didn't want anymore. And that includes Doughboy's Patreon. Yeah, immediately. Rocket Money is a personal finance app that finds and cancels your unwanted subscriptions, monitors your spending, and helps lower your bills. I can see all of my subscriptions in one place, and if I see something I don't want, I can cancel it with a tap. I never have to get on the phone with customer service. But also... 
Rocket Money even tries to get you a refund of the last couple months of wasted money, negotiate to lower your bills for you by up to 20%. All you have to do is take a picture of your bill and Rocket Money takes care of the rest. Rocket Money has over 5 million users and helped save its members an average of $720 a year with over $500 million in canceled subscriptions. Wow. Wow. Stop wasting money on things you don't use. Cancel your unwanted subscriptions by going to rocketmoney.com slash doughboys. That's rocketmoney.com slash doughboys rocketmoney.com slash doughboys welcome back to doughboys we are here with farley elliott discussing this week's chain din tai fung which was founded wow. in 1972 in taipei expanded internationally to 1972. tokyo in 1996 and expanded to the u.s in 2000 in arcadia california i've been to the wow. arcadia location that's where my grandparents lived uh for many years arcadia sounds like a fun city like it sounds like a Nick Arcade um, sort of deal, but it's uh, but probably boring is my guess. It's very suburban. I mean, it's fine. Mm. Yeah, it's fine. I I uh, I had no beef with Arcadia. It's hot, very toasty mm. out there. Once you start getting a little east of LA, a little bit more inland, it start you, you get that desert heat. Nineteen ninety six. You 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 go and check out Independence Day, mm-hmm. and you walk into a, a newly opened Dintai Fung. Imagine that in Tokyo. Yeah. Oh, I thought I thought you said the first one here was in '96, 2000 in Arcadia, 1996. Oh, 2000. In Tokyo. Oh, in Tokyo. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Like yeah. I don't like listening to you. 2000. You would have been. Wait, wait. What are the movies of 2000? I don't even remember. Well, good luck. The siege. The siege. You saw the siege with Bruce Willis. Uh, Nick, I guess I guess I'll ask you, Nick. What does a 50 year old man see in the movie theater in the year 2000? <laughs> <laughs> remember the Titans, of course. Oh, <laughs> fifty-year-old man would have e- eaten up. Remember the Titans back. That's hey, a road movie. trip. We got road oh, trip. There you go. Castaway Wags. Gladiator. Gladiator's a big one. Best Picture winner. Wow, and you know what? We were talking about it earlier. It's not in this one, but the first X Men is not is two thousand. Wow. Uh, here, higher wow. gross, highest grossing films of 2000. We have so much to discuss about this chain. This is complete bullshit. Highest grossing films of 2000. Number one, MI2, the Mission Impossible franchise. Wow. Uh, number wow. two, Gladiator. Number three, Some Castaway. Some say the weak link. Yeah, it's, it's, my, it's my least favorite of the franchise. Number three, Castaway uh, with Tom Hanks. Number four, mm. What Women Want with heartthrob mm. Mel Gibson. Yeah. And number five, Disney's Dinosaur. Remember Dinosaur. Completely forgot about that fucking movie. Wow, yes. That oh, animated the, dino movie. Not yeah, the good dinosaur. Yeah. There was another one just called Dinosaur that I think it used was kind of like locations. trying to be more about. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. Uh, How the Grinch Stole Christmas, Meet the Parents, Perfect Storm, X Men, What Lies Beneath. What Lies Beneath did great. Did Boffo Box Office. I had no idea. What Lies Beneath, a fun movie. Kind of an interesting. Those, the, those are the top 10 movies. Kind of interesting. You know, if I could go back in time. Fucking Zemeckis. Two in the top 10 this year. Alpha shit. Fucking Zemeckis. Yeah. I mean, that was some that was a 90s run right there into the in, into yeah. 2000. Um, if I could go back in time, I would be like, Mel, don't go to dimples. I try to warn <laughs> <laughs> Like the flash in uh Justice League warning Mel not to go to dimples. <laughs> Mitch, do you think if you if you find yourself in a castaway situation that when you got rescued on the Wilson ball, there'd just be a tiny little hole cut out where the mouth was? <laughs> <laughs> Barley, I like it. 
<laughs> must have been jabbing his pinky in there or something. <laughs> <laughs> he must have cut this on a tiny rock. I have so many explanations. I'd be puncturing that thing from all over the place. How long? How 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 long was he alone for? He was alone I think for a four while. Four years. Right? Yeah, it was Ooh. a while. Enough time for his his uh, girlfriend, fiance, to remarry and have kids. Yikes. Yeah. Rough stuff. Why? Because if I come back after four years and there's some fucking new fat guy on the show, <laughs> I'd be fucking ripped shit. You think I continue the podcast? I'm looking for any excuse to fucking bury this thing in the earth. <laughs> Uh-oh, Mitch disappeared. Well, Doughboys is done. Bye. <laughs> I, I, we, would spend, we would spend one October looking for you. We would call it like, where's Mitch Toberfest? <laughs> and we would do a, a month of episodes trying to find you, and then we would give up. I, I appreciate yeah. that, honestly. Yeah. Our server was Chi, uh, and he was uh, fantastic. He, I, th- mm. I thought he was so so great, so attentive. Uh, just just like you know, it's uh, the service there. I feel like is always is always well, top of the line. Yeah. Let me, let me get into something here. First of all, the Doughboys can't be bought. Second of all, Farley did not because when Farley, when you visit a restaurant, they will try to put their best foot forward, which makes sense. You wanted you did not want that treatment. You don't you want the you wanted the regular treatment. And yeah, when we got, we got there. You you told me immediately like they're on to me. They kind of they know right. I'm here. Uh, yeah, yeah. So my my job is not to like take money out of people's pockets. That's bad for business, and it's not who I want to be. My company pays for me to eat at restaurants. So if I'm just out demanding free meals, that's like journalistically bad, and also right. just not who I want to be as a person. But they do have an incentive in some ways to want to be nicer to you or whatever the case may be. And so, yeah, Din Tai Fung has a usually pretty strict set of regimented rules. Like you're not allowed to go sit at your table until your entire party is there. And they were like, you can go sit down whenever you want. So I knew the jig was a little bit up from the beginning, but that being Mm. said, you know, they, they tried to be nice about the bill and we made sure to pay. And so we, we definitely did as much as we could to not get bought. That's for sure. Yes. Yeah. But great, Great service all around. And also, in all my experiences at Din Tai Fung, always good service. I've never really had a Mm -hmm. bad experience there. I'd say, if anything, for people who have never been or are going to go after listening to this episode, it is a little chaotic. A a lot of people want to eat at this restaurant. It can be a long wait, uh, and there can be a lot of people. Uh, It was funny because it didn't even seem that way when we were there, but I think that they were all booked up, right? It was... uh, I think they just kept empty tables, right? Out front is is basically. Yeah. We also went in the late afternoon on a weekday, so you yeah. know there were factors in our favor in terms of avoiding the lunch rush or the brunch rush. But it, it is it is a high volume restaurant, a lot of Super tables. Popular. Yeah, yeah, high volume and 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 just like high, just large real estate. It's like a big dining room, and so mm-hmm. it, for that, considering just like the the scope of what the, of their operation, the service is is very very impressive. And to the chaos factor, Mitch. The other thing to keep in mind if you haven't dined there is just the way dishes come out and then co- like come onto your table. You can very quickly end up with a table that's just like completely full of food, and yeah. you know you, you kind of have to. It, it's a little bit of of uh, a, of a Tetris. Uh, operation to kind of move things around so everyone can get what they want to eat. Nick, good video game reference. I'm going to say you have to turn yourself into a little bit of a Kirby and suck down mm. all the all the dumplings to clear away. You know, you got to you got to put dumplings on your plate, right? To just clear off some baskets and get new stuff in. Although in that analogy, you would acquire the powers of the dumpling. Oh, I'd be filled with liquid. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> 
Nick, don't worry. I saw that dumper you were walking with. I know you're acquiring the power. <laughs> Water Weiger's dumpling ass. I'll take it. Which is funny. If you eat a dump, if you eat it, if you if you get a, if you get the power of the dumpling, that's containing food like a liquid in food within the dump. Like that, that power is basically what you're eating. That's kind of just being a a, a living being, being an organism with a digestive tract. This is a Kirby conundrum. Yeah. What would happen with Kirby? I think he'd get a little dumpling suit and it would be very cute. I think that's what would happen. Yeah, it would be it would end up being cute is the answer. Let's let's start with drinks. We have so much food to get through. I tried to course it out as uh, uh, about as we arrived it as about as we received it, but I, I it's possible I missed something. Uh but but drink wise, I got myself a milk tea. I told you Farley that mm. I've been on a milk tea kick for like the past 2 weeks. I like just got into it and I've been getting it basically mm. every day. I I I'm so into it. I get it quarter sweet so I'm not having too much liquid sugar. But man, it uh, they did a good, they did a solid milk tea there with some boba. It was great. Yeah, real quick, I just want to interject now that we're into the food portion of the show. Mm-hmm. I would like to make a, a challenge to the both of you right now that every time on this episode that you refer to an item of food as "quote good," uh-huh. the most meaningless term in food, <laughs> that you will we will tally it up at the end of the episode and you'll donate two dollars for every instance mm-hmm. that you said "good" to the Independent Restaurant Coalition to try to help save small independent restaurants. How's that sound? Happy Fuck. to do it. Doughboy's bank account's gonna be fucking depleted. <laughs> Listen, I'm, I hope I hope we don't donate any money. I hope you guys actually use words other than good, but I know you're not capable. No, no, we're not capable at all. Food is good or bad. I'll keep a good tally. I'll keep that tally. Emma, <laughs> thank you, Emma. Uh, Emma doesn't count. Uh, Emma doesn't. That, that that didn't count. Uh, no, we'll do. <laughs> this is gonna be good. Just to toss it out. Ooh. Um, so Nick, Nick, you thought your your drink was good. My drink was good. <laughs> Not only is good a uh, for us like uh, probably as good as we can do uh, <laughs> just intellectually and with our vocabulary, but also it is it is to me that's a high ranking. Good is a high that's what ranking. You're looking to for me. that's what you're looking yeah, for. It's yeah. good. And there and there are different goods for you guys. Sometimes it's like it was good, and then sometimes you're really hitting the second O. It was good, and then people yeah. know to <laughs> kind of adjust their pre fork ratings accordingly. Yes. Well, I I had a couple different drinks. I I went with a cocktail first, Wags. You did, uh, you you did not uh you did not you did you not get a, an alcoholic drink? No, I had a drive. I've been a long drive. I don't oh, like, I don't like right. driving with any any inebriation. I don't like driving. Period. Well, I just had one drink. Now you're making me feel bad that I... Uh... Yeah, but I had a longer haul. All right, all right. I'm going to go all the way across town. I got the Yuzu, Yuzu Margarita. Did I say that right? Yuzu Margarita? I believe so. Mm-hmm. I was between that and I was looking at the... the. I said it wrong there, too, but the... How do you say lychee? Uh, lychee? Lychee, lychee, lychee yeah. The lychee mojito. And then also that pear lychee martini. I started to eye at the end there. Farley, you ended up getting that. Uh, and I got that the margarita. The margarita was good, but I had a sip of your your uh, martini, and it was really great. It was it was it was yeah. sweet, but it was fantastic. Yeah, and I think these guys, you know, the the part of the appeal of Dintai Fung is that they're doing Taiwanese food, but 
Taiwanese food is obviously in, in many ways also encompassed in Chinese food. And there's a long history in Chinese food, especially Chinese American food, of introducing uh, Pacific Islander sort of drinks like tiki drinks, things that can be a little mm-hmm. sweeter, play to a broader audience. And this is definitely in that realm. It had a little flower in it and the lychee ball on the stick. And I think it was definitely sweet, but it, it hit the right notes for that kind of like settle in. We're having a good time, a couple of buds, getting ready to like do an afternoon drink. It, it's not... It's definitely not Mad Men, like hardcore drinking. It's kind of more on yes. size. Right. Yeah, for sure. And I also, by the way, I there's a, a restaurant in Quincy, Cathay Pacific, been open for a long time. There's karaoke there, and that is very much like a, a Chinese food, American Chinese food, East Coast American Chinese food. We're talking two poo-poo platters and chicken fingers, steak teriyaki, uh, which, which people, or beef teriyaki, it's called, which people are like, that's Japanese. I'm like, that's always in... Chinese food uh, and the poo platters on the East Coast, uh, chicken wings, all that stuff. Uh, and I love it. Like, I truly, truly love it because they have Mai Tais, Scorpion Bowls. It's, I, I love, I, I love that, like, aesthetic. I love, I love the, like, uh, uh, like East Coast Chinese food with a big fruity cocktail drink that reminds me of the islands. I love that more than anything. And I, it's just funny because Din, Din Tai Fung isn't that type of place. You know what I mean? Like, it's not, it's like you were saying, it's very clean. It's almost the Apple store of like, of, mm. and I say that in a nice way. I, sure. I, like, I don't, I don't think that, I don't think that it's like mass marketed, like Apple store, but it's like, it's very clean. You see, you see everything that's going on in Farley. You made a point about like, they, they want to make it clean. They want, they want to show the chefs in the kitchen making dumplings. They want to be very transparent about everything. And I think it is. I don't think that like, I don't think it's like a dark, uh, you know, like a, like a, like a little cavern, like feels like a boat where you're drinking, uh, where you're drinking, uh, fruity uh, Island drinks. It just doesn't feel like that sort of place. That being said, the cocktails were good. I enjoyed both of them, but it just doesn't feel like yeah. that sort of place. Yeah. And to recap, my milk yeah. tea was also good. Sorry, go on. <laughs> no, no, no. You, uh, Nick, you'll know this from the original location out in Arcadia. It was a little, dingier a little more ad hoc it started as a single space and ah. the strip mall expanded to an adjacent space and what's happened over the years there are maybe 175 global locations now is that on the u.s side they're now as a company attaching themselves with larger development brands whether that's caruso here in los angeles at the americana or westfields they'll do mall locations and so they are bigger a little bit more opulent a little more stoic like an apple store inside and they also are trying to appeal to a much broader and bigger audience places like the Americana or uh, the Grove here in Los Angeles, also owned by the Caruso Company. These are some of the highest traffic tourist destinations on the entire West Coast. And so they really want to go out of their way to present service, to present style. And like you said, Mitch, they've got a window into the kitchen where you can watch them making the dumplings. And it's always 18 little pleats on each dumpling. There's a process and a standardization that has come with their growth that is very fun, but can also be a little bit sterile if it's your first time there. Sure. Yeah. And, and you know, what? I had no idea about that history. I, I, uh, I also got a non-alcoholic drink. I got the honey lemonade, which was good. And, um, and our server, what was his name again? Wags? Chi. Chi. Uh, he said, he said, uh, you should put a, you should do an add add on. You should do an, he suggested the aloe add on. And I was a little nervous about doing an aloe add on. And guess what? Yeah. It was good. I liked it. I enjoyed it quite a bit. It was fun to suck up the, uh, it was like kind of, you know, it's boba adjacent. There was not a lot of taste to it. Like it was, uh, he said it would cut the sweetness a little bit, and it and it and it and it did. 
It was great. Uh, Farley, what? tell us about your cocktail. I had that lychee cocktail, and I thought it was a delight. Like Mitch said, a little bit sweet, but also really nice. And, you know, we got that sort of chewy lychee ball on it as well. I, I was just going to say the the aloe, you know, boba, having the, the balls in there, like that kind of stuff is much more uh, texture is much more relevant to a lot of dining outside of America. So, uh, Nick, I know that you'll never fly across the water to go experience it yourself. But that's right. If you were to get over your insane fear, then maybe <laughs> you would be able to understand <laughs> that like texture is just much more of a component for a lot of other international cuisines. And it's nice to see that on display where they're not afraid to drop a little aloe in your drink and have you love it. Mm -hmm. Right. Uh, let's uh, let's talk about the food because, uh, and I guess we'll go course by course. But first up, we had the cucumber salad, the sweet and sour pork baby back ribs, which were already on the table when I arrived. Uh, uh, as was mentioned, I was perhaps a little bit late, and the woodier mushroom in a vinegar dressing. Now, Wags, I gotta say this. Yes, we we actually didn't. Those were brought out as uh, right, Farley. Those they kind of just brought those out for us. The baby back oh, that's ribs. That's nice. Correct. And was it the cucumbers as well? Did they bring them both out for us? I think they did. Yes, I, I, I believe think we were so. going to get them, and I think that they brought—they just brought them out. Oh, okay. Yeah, and I, I actually, to be fair, I think they saw you round the corner and start heading towards the restaurant, Mitch. And I heard a uh, cheese say, "Initiate rib protocol." Until they brought <laughs> out the ribs. Sounds like some Metal, metal Gear Metal Gear Solid type <laughs> shit. I like it. <laughs> um, yes, the ribs we didn't—we weren't even talking about them or thinking about them. They brought them. I thought the ribs were good. Uh, that cucumber salad is, is the cold cucumber salad there is like one of their, I feel like that's every time I've been there, I feel like I've gotten it great. And, it's, and, it, and as someone who doesn't, I'm not a huge cucumber fan. I'm not crazy about the cuke swags. Yeah. Cuke makes you puke. Cuke can make me puke unless it's in a pickle form. Mm -hmm. Uh, but, uh, the rhyme really just goes down <laughs> in the second half. I gotta tell you. <laughs> cuke can make you puke. Unless it's in the pickle form, that's it. Um, which, which is not the norm. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but the uh, big fan of pickles, not a huge fan of cucumbers. Uh, but that salad, is, you know what? It's undeniable. It's a good, it's a nice app. It's a nice, cool app. A little spice to it. It's, it's, yes. it's great. Uh, it's, got, it's got like a Fresno chili peppers and some garlic. It, this is, I will say... And I'm pretty, I'm pretty able with the with the chopsticks. You know, I'll use them at home sometimes. But Very hard, yeah. This is a yep. this is a high degree of difficulty chopstick item. Uh, the 100%. the circular form factor, these little cylinders that are coated with oil. It's it, mm. it's you know it's it's just uh, keep that in mind if that's your starter and maybe you're not as as chopstick proficient or or you're with your parents who maybe are are more fork and knife people. Mm -hmm. Yeah, very very good point. Yeah, I I do love that they will drop some of the light, uh, either room temp or slightly cold vegetables right on the table first. So you get the woodier mushrooms and stuff too. They're just nice little kind of nibblers, warm up the palate. You get to have something that maybe is a little bit spicy before you get into the, the heavier stuff. And that's not to say that we are eating huge steaks or anything, but no. it is a, a great little palate appetizer. Those mushrooms are fucking delicious. Those I, mushrooms. Love, I love those with the, with the vinegar dressing. They're so good. Now, let me tell you, not, a, not, mm -hmm. not a crazy mushroom guy either. Mm-hmm. Uh, cukes and mushrooms too. Like, so two apps right off the bat where I'm, I was much more like excited about the, the, the baby back ribs there. Right. Uh, or what were they? Beef short ribs, whatever they were. And those were good. They were tasty. Um, they're tasty ribs, mm -hmm. but the star of the show were those, those woodier mushrooms. They were, so is good. it woodier? Um, damn, they were good. Don't love mushrooms. 
But if you're a vinegar fan, ooh, they were just fucking sitting in some delicious vinegar, and it wasn't overpowering. It was just no, so 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 good. Little gingery. Why? Well, you took down the, the basically the when 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 Farley and I had had a few pieces of it. You said, "Are you guys going to eat this? You're not eating any mammal." That's right. Yeah, I didn't eat any any red meat this meal. So yeah, so I finished off the mushrooms. Very annoying reveal for me when I when there, it's a very pork based restaurant. Why is that annoying? You got to eat whatever. You're, no, I know it's not really annoying. Stuff. I was just trying to give you a hard time about it. Um, <laughs> but but I was ready for like I was ready to go all in on pork and stuff and yeah and uh, but man, the star of the apps, those mushrooms and great I, mushrooms. I, I, I never Farley. I don't know if that was your wreck, but I never would have gotten them. I I, I loved them. I loved them. Yeah, that was mine. We've got a few great Taiwanese restaurants here in Los Angeles, including like Joy and uh, Pine and Crane. And they'll have little front sections that have a cold case. And you'll get a lot of these same kind of cucumbers and wood ear mushrooms. So I'll get them a lot there when I go to those restaurants. And it's just always, especially on a day where you're eating outside in Los Angeles, just always feels like perfect as a little starter. They're light, they're vinegary, they kind of get your mouth going. It's perfect. Uh, Farley, you'll like this wood ear mushroom. I call them good ear mushroom. They're good. Woo! Ring the bell. Oh, that's the. F- <laughs> that's what you wanted. Uh, we got some more vegetable dishes. We got the sautéed green beans with garlic. Or I'm sorry, sautéed mm. string beans with garlic and the sautéed bok choy. I admit you like the bok choy. I went with the. I I, I like the string beans. Garlicky, delicious. Both good though. The string beans are good. I, like uh, I don't know. I the, the, I think the string beans are definitely popular. That's like a. Right, Farley. I feel like that's like one of their big dishes, and it, it's good. Don't get me wrong; it's very, they're very good. Um, it's just, I don't know, not a huge string bean guy. Mm. I think uh, like uh, the the bok choy was just kind of more interesting to me, and especially for, uh, for something where I, when I think of bok choy, I usually am like, it's usually like in a soup or something, and it doesn't have much flavor. And here, it just had so much; it had such a nice flavor to it. Um. But the string beans were still good. I, I, I still I still enjoyed them. Both good dishes. I, just, I was just team bok choy. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, you're a choy boy. That's all right. I'm a choy boy. <laughs> what can I say? I am a choy boy. The choy brought me joy. <laughs> what I what I like about the bok choy is that, it, and this is something I've been cooking a lot more at home since I've been eating more vegan, is that you get that really quickly kind of high heat wilted green edge. But if you cook it fast enough, the center is still really texturally firm. Right. So you've got a little bit of both worlds going on at once, which is nice. Yeah, we'll, we'll make bok choy at home uh, on occasion. We should make it more frequently, honestly, because, yeah, it's a, it's a very solid vegetable. And, yeah, you're absolutely right. It's very uh, – it absolutely holds up to that kind of cooking. Uh, and then we got into some some soups, uh, a braised beef noodle soup, which you guys had, a hot and sour soup, which you guys also shared, and then a, a, a jidori chicken soup, a bone-in. Mm-hmm. That was your order. That was my was order. The loser. You got the loser of the soups, which is okay. How dare you? It was a good soup. <laughs> it was the loser of the soups. I mean, there's no I, doubt I about love, it. Here's the thing. I love a brothy soup. Mm. I, I love a, bro, a, a brothy soup with bone-in chicken. That's like a that that's like so solid for me. And you, you get that at a Mexican restaurant. You can get that at at, at you know at a Taiwanese restaurant. But like there mm. there's different. Uh, Natalie will make that sometimes. It's I I I I'm always into that sort of soup. I'm always into to just some. It, it's very messy, but uh, but like the soup the the meat is so tender, and then I just think that broth gets super flavorful. It's good. 
to open up these wounds again, I, I ordered myself that sweet and sour soup. Very excited mm-hmm. about it. And, uh, at the end of the meal, uh, Weiger asked for a box because he wanted to box up the sweet and sour soup, take it home with him. And uh, uh, you know what? I was fucking pissed off. Here's the thing. <laughs> you didn't. You guys both said this was both of you and 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 uh, mm-hmm. that that mm-hmm. you go weren't going to take anything to go. And so I was like, great, I'll take this home to Natalie. She's going to love it. It's going to be a surprise. And I and everything else, I just kind of packaged up by instinct. There was one dish, Mitch, which we'll get to, which you said, uh, actually, I'll take this one for my dinner. And I was like, great. If you'd said that about the hot and sour soup, you could have had it. It was too you late. Had it you had already staked it. it. You still could have taken it. it. And you I like, like Natalie. Hey, actually, could I get that? I like Natalie. I wanted her to experience the soup, too. So that's why I didn't say anything, but I wanted the soup. Yeah. I wanted to take the soup home. Uh, yeah. And I should actually, I should tell you, Mitch. Yeah. I, I took the, I took the soup home and then, uh, I saw Natalie just pour it directly into the toilet. So <laughs> sorry about that piece of shit. <laughs> I actually remember it slightly. I remember the, the, the interaction slightly differently. I remember saying, no, Nick, please don't punch me in the side of the head. You can have the soup. Just have that. <laughs> Nick fucking staking claim on everything like fucking Napoleon putting his flag <laughs> up on every fucking leftover. How dare you? I bit my lip. I bit my lip, but you know what? We could have shared all of it. You said you didn't want any. <sighs> Look, as much as I love that, that hot and sour soup, sweet and sour, hot and sour, hot and sour. You loved it. You can't even remember what it was. Farley soup was number one. Farley ordered that that beef, the soup. braised beef noodle soup. Yeah. Oh God, that the was braised so beef noodle soup good. Is, is awesome, and this is a great so example good. of going back to to going to Taipei. That I really didn't have an understanding of just how pervasive braised beef noodle soup is in a lot of neighborhoods in Taipei, and it can mm. be served on the street. It can be in a simple corner shop. You can find find it at high-end restaurants. And it's really just an unbelievable standard dish for the city and, and the country as a whole. And it is so, so delicious. Chewy noodles, that that beef broth, a little bit of spice. And again, they sort of tell you like to mix it all together because they want to show you that they're layering the flavors as they put the soup together. So once it's all mixed and you've just got it nice and warm at your table, it's, it's unbelievable. Dear Lord, That's rad. it was so good. Look fantastic. The hot and sour, great. That soup just knocked out of the part. Nick's soup, okay. I it was fine. It. Your soup was fine. It was just very, it was a very basic, good chicken, no- like a chicken, not noodle, chi- just a chicken soup. Yeah, gingery, a little, had some onion in it. It was good. You got bone in, you freak. They asked if you wanted yeah. bone in. You said, yeah. I said yes, and he said it's better that way. So mm-hmm. he backed me up. They said, do you want to bone in? And you got up and you started to like undo your belt. And they're like, no, 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 sir. <laughs> <laughs> some noodles. We had the, sh- uh, the shrimp fried noodles, which I had some of, uh, and I thought they were, they were good. We had leftovers of, and then the shredded Kuroboda mm-hmm. uh, pork fried noodles, which you guys shared. That's the one I took home. Uh, I liked both. I, 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 the, so the, the shrimp fried noodles came with the, those thicker noodles. I love those thicker noodles there at at uh, at Din Tai Fung. The the yeah, those thicker fried noodles that they do are so so good. Um, the that that the the beef noodle. What was the other one, Nick? The beef noodle. The the well, there's the shrimp fried, and then there was the we're we're just talking about the noodle dishes. Did we get a third noodle dish? No, no, that, that I was it. I'm, I was saying what what is the beef what is the beef noodle dish? It wasn't a beef one. It was a, it was a, a kuro Buddha pork. Oh, pork the pork yeah. noodle. Uh, 
That was great too. That one was interesting in that it was like a not super sauced. It was kind of lightly sauced, right, Farley? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, and I think this is like a, a staple Chinese dish. A lot of times you'll find it like knife cut noodles. They can be a little thicker, a little chewier. You'll find them really long sometimes. They actually cut ours in half because they knew that we were going to be sharing it, which made it a lot easier for us. Otherwise, we all would have been three way kissing over the table. But uh, <laughs> I was disappointed that it didn't happen. And that's, you know, I brought it up with them over email. It'll <laughs> <laughs> be a new Patreon tier. Uh, the. <laughs> The, I'll say this. I think part of why I like so I like this restaurant, I like this kind of food, and I like you know the dishes we got in particular. There's so much green onion in this. I love green mm-hmm. onion, and it was it was very present in these noodle dishes, or at least the noodle dish that I had. They also had cabbage on there, which is just great for texture because you know the the noodles can get a little a little chewy, even gummy. Although these were these were very well made noodles, and it was just uh, I, I thought this was delightful. Good dish. Love Wags. the noodles. Mm-hmm. When you're at Tintai Fung, I think it's safe to say, send nudes. N O O D S. That's right. Hashtag send nudes. Send them over. Send all the noodles. Those the 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 pan fried the the uh, the pan fried noodles or whatever it is the the that the with the shrimp. I love those. They're great. I mean, like yeah. every noodle dish was was great, but still, to me, not even the best of. Uh, the best of the bunch, which we got to in a, in a little bit here. Is that the first time you've ever used the phrase send nudes and gotten a response? <laughs> <laughs> I think I've happily never said send nudes and never will. <laughs> I never got it asked of me either, except for maybe from a doctor. <laughs> Are you, get- you sending tasteful doctor recommended photos where you're like <laughs> a little <laughs> shadowed and coy. <laughs> Hired a photographer. <laughs> uh, the uh, the black pepper beef tenderloin. I can't remember exactly in what order this came, but this was uh, this was mm. the beef dish with mushrooms and bell peppers and onions, which I think yes. was new to their menu. New to their menu, they exactly. added it on for us. They wanted us to yeah. try it. Yeah, it was good. Very very tender beef. I liked it. I liked it more farly as I said as I as I went down and got the beef that was in kind of sitting in the sauce for a while. Yeah, it really, really peppery, almost like a classic peppercorn steak or something you would get. But the big square chunks of uh, red and yellow peppers, it's a its a different, unique dish that probably plays a little more for the American audience than it does right. in Asia. But it was pretty successful. And I think if you're at a mall location like this one is, and people are looking for something that has some heft and they don't feel like they're seeing it on the menu, this is a great add-on. I would have no problems recommending this to your dad, who otherwise is afraid to venture into noodle territory or whatever. Yep. Uh, we also got uh, the 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 Shaolong Bao. So if you are eating not eating red meat, then you're kind of out of luck here, which which is a bummer because I think these are the showstoppers, at least yeah. in terms of what I think of it at at. Din Tai Fung. I, I, the the mm. Chao Long Bao is just so, so good. The, kind of their pork soup dumplings. Uh, and you guys got the one with the the truffle in pork, oh, which yeah. you only get five of. You get a smaller portion. Yeah. And let me tell you, worth it. So, so, bite of the night. So good. You wow. put it in your spoon. You bite a little hole in the side of it. You, you, you drink some of the, this is Farley in the, in the, in our waiter telling me how to do it. You drink a little of that soup broth. Then you put the whole thing back in your mouth and you you, ch- you chow down. Uh, so 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 good, Emma. You just made soup dumplings, didn't you? I did. Wow! I did. Wow! It's quite the process for sure. Mine definitely did not have eighteen pleats on them. They did not look nearly <laughs> as perfect as they do at Dentai Fung. 
but they were good. They still photographed very well. Yeah. Yeah, they were great. great. What'd you put in those bad boys? Um, it was a it was just pork and soup broth with the green onions wow. and ginger and pretty simple ingredient wise, like the the filling. You just need the agar to get the the uh, broth to jelly status so that you can mm. wrap it up in the meat and wrap it up in the dumpling. Otherwise, it's a big old mess. <laughs> that sounds how, how would you so rate the, the degree of difficulty versus other dishes you've made at home? Um, so get an eight out of ten. Where where would you put it? Yeah, I mean, ingredients wise, pretty easy, and it's like cooking mm-hmm. it wasn't hard. It's the it's the folding of the dumpling and like getting mm. the dough rolled out just right so that it doesn't rip, but it's thin enough that it steams properly and everything inside cooks. Like there were a few big dumplings that we had that we cut them. We were a little worried they weren't cooked all the way through, and then so we cut them open and they weren't. So like you have to be careful with the mm. thickness of the dough and then the pleating has yeah. to be just right. Otherwise they open up and all the soup spills out. So like forming Jesus. them was definitely on the more difficult side, but ingredients wise, super simple. This is just eye opening, just hearing like all of that. And then just thinking about how this place pumps out like yes. thousands of these oh, yeah. in there. And the- yeah, it's amazing. That used to be one of my favorite parts of going to Din Tai Fung was like watching them through the window. It's like, it's like a watching a how it's made live. It's so fascinating. Yeah. And these are like, these are like the Rolls Royce of dump. I mean, they're so good. Why? Oh, yeah. that, those, those truffle ones are just, are the, the ones we got were, are just top tier dumplings. I mean, I, I, I don't know. Farley's is that sort of thing of like, would, would some people be like, like a, you know, dumpling experts, would they be like, do you can't get the best dumplings at Din Tai Fung, or are they considered like up there with some of the best? No, I think this is kind of like a, a Houston's when you talk about service. I think everyone mm. universally agrees that that the Xiaolongbao at Din Tai Fung are absolutely a worthy inclusion into the greater soup dumpling pantheon. You are not losing anything by going to Din Tai Fung. That is for sure. The quality, wow. like Emma said, watching them through the window, they have groups and teams of chefs whose entire job is to move location to location, either doing R&D or making sure the process is staying um, the same. And they also help to open new locations when they go to Seattle or Vancouver or whatever. It's, it's pretty remarkable to see how consistent they can be. And I, I'm with you, Nick, a little bit. I think that it would be good for them to have. It doesn't need to be a vegan option necessarily, but definitely a vegetarian option for a city like Los Angeles. It's a little bit of a bummer that they don't go further in that world. But I think with the amount and volume that they're doing, it might be one of those things where like McDonald's is not allowed to run out of French fries. Everything takes right. a, a long-term course and you just, it's going to take time for them to get there. Yeah. Uh, well, they do accommodate yeah. vegans a little bit and vegetarians a little bit with their the the bun and wonton side of their menu, uh, and uh, as well as their dumplings. Although we didn't get the veggie dumplings, they we got some vegan buns and some vegan wontons. We got Emma's dumplings in the chat here. Also, I got Irma <laughs> out. Irma's now on my lap. I can't really move. Um, but uh, <laughs> oh yeah, Emma sent a picture of these dumplings. They they do look restaurant quality. If we click on this link here, well, we can post these on social if we haven't already. Very impressive. Thank you. Don't send a photo of your dumplings, Wags. That dumpling no, ass. only I'm allowed to share my dumplings in the chat. That's an Emma exclusive. <laughs> we also got the uh, the pork buns, the chicken dumplings, the mm. cod dumplings, and yeah. the uh, and uh, you mentioned the vegan wontons and the vegan buns. I was a little mad that we like I wanted to get like like you know like some pork dumplings or something. I mean, we already had enough pork, so I can't complain. But then I really liked those chicken dumplings. I thought the chicken dumplings were pretty great. Um, those are great. Those are honestly one great. of my favorite things I had. 
They're really good. The cod dumplings were interesting. Didn't like them as much as I wanted to like them. Still good. Don't get me wrong. Still good. I just it just was yeah. uh you know a lot of a lot of a lot of a lot of cod. A lot of a lot of cod taste in there. They are very fishy, and it's it's interestingly a chicken yeah. broth. So if you are so if you are pescatarian, oh. the, unfortunately these are these are off the table. Yeah, I think that the cod dumplings are are nice, and if they were your only entrance into that world for whatever reason, I think they're totally serviceable. It's just hard to go from the pork salam bao or even those chicken dumplings and feel like you're getting the same experience. There's just right. not as much uh, pure burst of flavor, but they're still well done. Absolutely. Yeah, I like the vegan buns quite a bit. A lot of mushroom in that. Yeah, I thought I thought they were I thought they were very flavorful. Uh, the vegan wontons were also good. I think a, a a big part of that was just the sauce they were in. They have like the they have a you know I'm something of a heat seeker, so they have some there was there's some real spice to that sauce, and that that helped it. But I thought flavor wise, as far as the filling, I, I probably would would give the the nod to the to the vegan buns. Yeah, yeah, I love those those puffy buns, the those big fully enclosed bars. You bite in, and they're just sort of all the flavor is packed right into the middle. And they'll say, you know, there's kind of no wrong way to to have an experience at Din Tai Fung. You can do whatever you want. I like to add a little chili to it, or add even a little soy sauce, just to kind of help soak it up a little bit more. But I think those are the kind of staple foods you could get at any corner, or even like Asian grocery stores across America that they'll sell in the hot food section, and they're so simple and so satisfying. Yeah, I, I I I tried the vegan bun and I was like, hey, this isn't too bad, but then the pork bun was great, and you know I loved it. <laughs> I mean, like it, it was that sort of thing. If it blew the vegan bun out of the water, I I you know I couldn't. I, but I will say the vegan bun did a great job, Wags. It was like, yes. uh, if you're going there and you're getting those vegan buns, you're, you're and you're vegan, you're gonna you're gonna enjoy yourself. They're good. They're very good. This it, it's good that this stuff exists because I think of how people eat at these restaurants. So like if you're there mm. for junior prom or whatever or dad's birthday and you're the vegetarian or the vegan wow. in the party, uh, then it's you have stuff you can eat and stuff that mm-hmm. will taste good and you won't feel like you're left out and stuff that other people in the party can have and be like, hey, this is pretty good. Yeah. yeah, especially with the vegetables up top. 100%. Yes. No, yeah, 100%. Uh, great point. But besides that, not a, t- not a ton of vegan hot food options, right? Just a, just, just a few. Yeah, there's the dumplings, the wontons, and the, and the buns. And the buns. And yeah, I don't okay. know if there's a there's, – I think there is a veggie noodle, but I'd have to reopen the menu, which I accidentally closed my tab. Uh, and that takes us to dessert, which we got the chocolate bun. Mm. Which is a a chocolate truffle in that that same sort of bun form factor. Uh, nice dessert was good. I thought they were dumplings. Wait, no, wait. This wasn't the bun. This wasn't the bun. You're right. This was the. It was like the 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 uh, Shaolong Bao. Yeah, you fucked. Yeah, up. we got the chocolate Shaolong Bao. We got the chocolate Shaolong Bao. That's what it was. Yeah, it was good. So in, in in lieu of in lieu of adding the agar, like like Emma was saying, they'll just kind of like make it with a more mochi texture. So it's still got a little bit of. Uh, stiffness to it when you bite through it's not just leaking chocolate all over it's still soft on the inside but that's a really nice fun little presentation it looks sort of the same but when you bite into it it's got this kind of surprise little chocolatey flourish and finish to it it's really nice and i would say frankly to use a phrase good it was quite good thank you farley <laughs> now you're speaking you know what i would language. say it was like brownie batter inside Mm-hmm. I mean, it would, it would, they, 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 they were, they were, they were fantastic. And, and Chi, our, our server was saying that, uh, that we were in for a nice surprise with the end. He, he, he was, he was saying that we would really enjoy the dessert. 
And I did. I think I ate a, I think there was like, everyone else had one and I had two, possibly three. I loved them. I, I, I really, uh, it was a nice surprise because they're also strange. It's unlike anything I really ever had. Um, but a fantastic end to a, uh, to a good, 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 good meal. I did not count those, but I will impose. It was good. Well, we should get to our final thoughts here on Din Tai Fung. So how good was it? We're going to find out. Farley will each go around, give our closing argument, if you will, and end by giving it a fork score from zero to five. You are our guest, the Whammer Senior. Take it away. I think it's hard to beat Din Tai Fung as a staple restaurant, not only for Taiwanese food in America, but Taiwanese food in Taiwan. I'm not an expert in, and diving deep into the politics of it is surely going to get me assassinated or kicked off the internet. And that's fine. Uh, it's what we all deserve. Uh, I, I just want to say it is, it's not only an approachable mall restaurant, it is a beautiful translation of Taiwanese food for America. I'm glad to see them expanding across the country. I hope that they continue to grow and experience the kind of dedication to not only the quality of the food, but the service and everything in between. You can find small faults. I wish that they had a fully vegan version of Xiao Long Bao. You know, I think the drinks are a little bit sweet, things like that. But as an overall experience, dedicating their lives to something that is so particular and so beautifully done. It's a five fork restaurant, full stop. Wow. Wow. A hundred percent. One hundred percent. Um, to me, there are just are restaurants that you go into and you're like, I'm experiencing something that I like. Look, I'm a plebe, you know, I'm a fool. Uh, you can mm -hmm. call me a lot of different things. Mm -hmm. uh, a dipshit. I, no, let's do it. Yeah, let's. A uh, real blowhard. What else, Nick? Yeah. <laughs> big head. He's got a big head. Mm -hmm. Big head. A, a tubby fucker. Uh huh. Uh, don't forget his small dick. Don't, don't forget <laughs> that little tiny wanker. <laughs> There's a lot of things you can call me. Right. I've experienced food. slop ass. I, I, uh, what else? <laughs> <laughs> I didn't realize we were done. <laughs> There's a lot you can call me, mm. but I, I, I have experienced some stuff with food. I, I'm not a, uh, I'm not a guy who like, uh, gets grilled chicken or wags. We eat stuff and I will eat anything. Yeah. I, there's some stuff I don't like, um, a regular Kirby, but this is one of those restaurants when I went in and I'm like, I'm experiencing food that I've tried before, but in a way that I've like never had it in that. And, and, you know, like, and that's, that is, you know, that's maybe a testament to not eating enough Taiwanese food or whatever, but didn't Tai Fung is just one of those places where I'm like, this is so good. It's different. I'm eating stuff. That's, that's just fantastic. That's fantastic. And I want to have other people try it. And this is opening my eyes to, to different cuisine. And, and that's what didn't Tai Fung is to me, Wags. And I, and I mean, five forks is a given. Yeah. But I think we're going Bonchon territory. I think it's getting that elusive sixth fork. Woo! I think this is a six forker. Six fork. Hell for yeah. the spoon man. I mean, how great is Din Tai Fung? It's, it's pretty it's great. So, 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 so good. It's pretty great. It's it's very good. Uh and you know, to 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 borrow Farley's comparison. 
I definitely yeah. have thoughts of of Houston's parent company, Hillstone, when uh, dining at Din Tai Fung, just in terms of the way it's scaled, the way that mm-hmm. it, it it's it's consistency from location to location and from visit to visit, the high level of its service, the presence of signature dishes that you crave, just like that yeah. they that they do so well, and. Hillstone is an easy five forker for me, and this is, there's no reason to deny the same to Din Tai Fung. This is a this is a five forker, and here's a little bonus for Din Tai Fung. You get to make a DTF joke if you want. That's fun. <laughs> Dear Lord, I got to remember not to do that. <laughs> Welcome to the Platinum Plate Club, Din Tai Fung. Mitch, I will slow it down for you and explain off pod what being down to fuck means because I'm not sure you get it. <laughs> May need to walk me through that too. I just know the acronym. <laughs> Platinum well, Play hey. Club, well deserved. Yes. Well deserved. Well deserved. Six forks from Mitch. A juggernaut. I mean, like, come on. If if Bonchon gets it, so does Dintai Fong. Yeah, I, I I wanted again just talking through this. That this is like the mark of a good chain is that we're t- when we're talking through it in the episode when we're talking about how good everything is and we're saying good incessantly and I'm reminded of how good the meal was. I'm like, I got to go back. That yeah. and that's what I was thinking this whole time. Yeah. Like I got to go back to Din Tai Fung and I will. I want to take my mom and sister there. They're coming out. They're coming out again. Uh, and I and I want to take them to Din Tai Fung. They're gonna love it. No, your mom is visiting you again. Get out. <laughs> Fuck you. <laughs> we'll take a break. I love we'll, my mommy. We'll be back with more dope boys. <laughs> Mitch, my friend, you ever walk in a store and have no idea what wine to get? Yeah, every time. Me too. And I love wine. That's why I love our next sponsor, Naked Wines. Wow. Naked Wines is a subscription service that seamlessly connects you to the finest independent winemakers on the planet, so you get a box of the market's best quality wines however often you'd like for a fraction of the price you'd normally pay in stores. Wow. How do they do it? Naked Wines connects winemakers and wine drinkers directly, allowing for vineyard-to-your-door delivery at up to 60% off what you would pay in-store. By cutting out the traditional retail middlemen costs and markups, winemakers can pass those savings on to you without skimping on quality. As a result, you'll get exclusive access to hundreds of top-quality award-winning wines at huge savings, making Naked Wines perfect for any type of wine drinker. Hey, you know what I love about Naked Wines? What's that, Wags? They have a lot of my favorite varietals. In fact, my favorite wine Naked Wine sent me was the Cabernet Sauvignon. The wine is so good, and it's such a good deal. Wow, Wags. You know, as not a huge wine drinker, they sent me a few different wines, and it was fun for me to taste different types of wines and types, and you know what? It's helping me to learn. You might all of a sudden be like, hey, I like a Chenin Blanc. I didn't know I was going to like that. Wags, I'm learning. That's that's huge for you. Naked Wines has been around for over 10 years and funds over 90 independent winemakers. With no commitments or membership fees, you can enjoy Naked Wines hassle-free. Wow. And the best part, every bottle is a passion project from an independent winemaker. So we're literally making an independent winemaker's dream come true. 
So head to nakedwines.com slash doughboys and click enter voucher in the top right when you get to the website and put in doughboys for both the code and password to get six bottles of wine for just $39.99 with shipping included. That's $100 off and less than $7 per bottle. That's nakedwines.com slash doughboys and use the code and password doughboys and grab six bottles for just $39.99. One last time, that's nakedwines.com slash doughboys, code and password doughboys for $100 off your first six bottles. Easy peasy. As a professional welder, Shayna Ford uses Forge FX to practice over and over, which helps her improve her skills. The more muscle memory that you have, the smoother your weld is. Learn more at meta.com slash metaverse impact. Welcome back to Doughboys. Our guest, Farley Elliott. Wise, I just checked with my mom. She's DDTF. Uh -huh. uh, no. Down to Din Tai Fong. Oh, God. Awesome. Can I come? Of course not. <laughs> hey, it's time for a segment. I've got a food-related exam, and Mitch and Farley must compete for superiority. It's wow. Slop Quiz. Wow. And in honor of the Winter Olympics, this is a Winter Dolympics-themed wow. Slop wow. Quiz. Wow. Ice Try. That's right, ice try. Are we not do? Are we not doing a Dolympics? Find find room for it in the calendar. I don't know when we we'd slot it in. Susser really fucking dropped the ball here. That's all I gotta say. Well, he helps us out with the show. It's not his responsibility to schedule. We could have figured it out. I think we're gonna have to still do one. Anyways, go ahead. <laughs> Again, with the whole the the months already booked up, I don't know when we could find room for it. April, <laughs> we can do it in April. <laughs> Any other day. Okay, I got. Got played is recording that day. Shut up. Just fucking record it on another day, for God's sakes. It's an hour. We have our schedule. You, we have, we, the boys has our schedule. My other podcast has its schedule. We got to make these things line up. You have your own things you're doing. Yeah. You got to like, you got to. <laughs> <laughs> Farley, are you idly tossing a lemon? What's going on there in your frame? Yeah, I am. This is me just trying to. Let you guys work through your bullshit. It's really what it is. <laughs> wow. That's my method, too. Just distract yourself for a few minutes and then throw whatever you're yep. distracting yourself with directly at them. Exactly. <laughs> I thought it was kind of like an old school throw a tomato at us sort of thing that was going on, but uh, we deserve it. Wise, let's get yeah. into this. Let's get into this slop quiz. Slop quiz for the Winter Dough Olympics. Ice try. I'll name a chain Ice restaurant. Try. You buzz okay. in with your name and guess if the establishment's ice comes in cubed or nugget form factor. <laughs> so you're going to buzz in and say Stupid. cubes or nugs. Okay. We buzz in with our name? Yeah, buzz in with your name. Okay. All right, here we go. First up, McDonald's. Mitch. Whammer Senior. I heard Mitch first. <laughs> Damn. Well, well, well. That nickname isn't so good anymore. Too long. <laughs> <laughs> Um. Oh my God. Cubed. Mitch, you get it. It is. They do have cubes there. Next, I got up, scared for a second there, though. You overthought it. We'll try not to overthink this one. Sonic Drive-In. Mitch. Whammer Senior. I heard Mitch. Yeah. Uh. Wait. What are the, What's the second option again? It's cubes or nuggets. It's two nuggets. options. Nuggets. You're. You're right. They do have nugget ice there. Next up, Chick-fil-A. 
Wimmer Senior. Farley. Nuggets. You are correct. It's two to one. Wow. Mitch has two. It's Farley has. We just took that point. Just people know this. Human beings know this. This is fun. <laughs> <laughs> These are our worlds. Uh, Starbucks. Mitch. Ooh. Mitch. It's cubed. They are generally considered to be cubes. Yes. Okay. You take That's that. It. Three to one, Mitch. Next up. Also in the coffee realm, owned by Jollibee, Coffee Bean and Tea Leaf. Where am I senior? Oh, I know this one. Barley. Damn it. Cubes. No, it's Nugget Ice. Oh. Farley, I knew that. They have they have the they have the the, the nice little my sister loves coffee bean and they have like the, I do like their like, ice. Almost crushed ice. Yeah, it's pretty good. Mm. Uh, all right, we got we got it's it's three to one, Mitch. There are five left, so it's still anyone's game. <laughs> Next Jesus. up, raising canes. Where is senior? Oh. Farley. Uh, nuggets. You are correct. Yeah. Three to two, Mitch. Farley, have you had raising canes? I have only once, though. What'd you think? You know, I thought it was fantastic. I. Wow think there's there's already a lot of of you know fried chicken in in that universe it's not they haven't reached me at my doorstep yet to where i feel the need to make like a daily part of my life i'm still much more reasonably considerable to go to like a mcdonald's or something like that but if the lines are not long stopping in off the highway for raising cans is a great option emma you that's the that's what you binged off of right when you were traveling cross country yeah that's we ate that we drove across country in a week. We probably ate that four out of the five days we were driving. It was just <laughs> wow, so, and awesome. it was so consistent. Like every single one we went to yeah. was the same and it was good and it was hot and fresh and it was great. Yeah. I and their sauces it. are awesome. Yes. Great yes. sauce. Great in sauce. In Burbank now, there is a, there is a Raisin Cane's. After yeah. we, I ate it in Boston, I think is what I finally took. And well, actually, I think you took a trip for yours too, but there's one in, I believe there's one in Burbank. A lot of it feels like a lot of southern chains have cu- uh, uh, not cubes, uh, uh, nuggets. Nuggets. Yes. Yeah. yeah. I think. I think that. I think there is some regional bias there. Yeah. I, I went down to the Raising Canes in when with our buddy Matt Selman. Uh, we we reviewed it last year That's when right. I wasn't eating meat, so I didn't have their their oh fingers. My God. I didn't That's have the right. whole thing that they're there for. I just had the sides, God. but I did like their sauce. But yeah, I got to try the. I got to try the proper chicken now. Now that I'm eating you chicken. Do. You do. Yeah. Uh, all yeah. right. Now. Mitch, are you? You mentioned the Burbank location. Are you close to it now at your new house? Why don't you share your full address just so I know? <laughs> your social security number would be pretty helpful too if you got a moment. Yeah. No. 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 Any details you want to? I'm still on. I'm still on Palmer Street. <laughs> the three-digit code okay. on the back of your credit card. No. Okay. <laughs> I'm still on Palmerston. Uh, all right. It's three to two. Mitch. Uh, Mitch has two. Uh, has three rather. Farley has two. Uh, we just did raising canes. Next up. Mm-hmm. Five guys. The whammer. Mitch. I heard whammer. That's bullshit. Nugget. Five guys cubes. Oh. That's bullshit. Three three left. Still anyone's game. Next up. You heard me. 7-Eleven. Mitch. Yes, Mitch. Cubed. Mitch, you are correct. It's four to two, Mitch. Oh. Farley, you need these last two to tie it. Last two also convenience stores. Ty goes First to the up, guest, too, Farley, not to put pressure on. It's true. Ty does go to the guest. Circle K. Whammer. I dropped my fucking Farley. mic. That's bullshit. <laughs> <Cute>. <laughs> no, it's Nugget Ice. Oh! Farley! 
Mitch, you're going to take it. Uh, the, the last one, see if wow. you guys can get this one. AM, PM. Ooh, I really don't know this one. I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go with uh, nuggets. Both cubes and nuggets. Chaos oh at the AM PM. Wow. They have one wow. for the AM, one for the PM. That's insane. They switch Anarchy. ice. They what? <laughs> Actually, I don't know if they, that's true. I just associated one with, you, <laughs> with each other. I am the ice king. Wow, Mitch, you are crowned ice king. Congratulations. Quick, somebody make a somebody make a gif of the Ice King getting stabbed in the heart, but instead of Sansa, it's like the last Whopper you ever eat. <laughs> <laughs> Be a good little gif. <laughs> we should we honestly that's what we should do late see like give Doughboys a really unsatisfying payoff. Like, mm. oh wait, they just killed Spoonman <laughs> that easily? Huh. All right. <laughs> The last season of Doughboys, they kill me off. What happens? Uh. Is this real life or what? What, what happens in this scenario? Uh, we'll talk about it. <laughs> the Ice King, waiting for my Ice Queen, Wags. One day I'll find her. Congratulations, Mitch. You are the Ice King uh, in this Winter Dough Olympics edition of Slop Quiz Ice Try. Just like a restaurant, mm-hmm. value feedback. Let's open up the feedback. And we have a voicemail today. Emma, if you can roll that out of you. Hey, guys. It's Stinky from the Discord. Have you ever had any misunderstandings or miscommunication when ordering food in another country? Uh, And since I know Nick hasn't crossed an ocean, this question could also apply to just like visiting other parts of the U.S., for example. Uh, I have a personal example because much like you saw when I studied abroad in Paris and uh, whenever I would order something from like a sandwich shop or a bakery, they'd always ask me avec ceci. And now that simply means with this, like, do you want anything else? But for the longest time, to me, it sounded like they were saying avec saucisse, which means with sausage. Mm. Uh, And so I would keep answering this question by saying, like, yeah, of course, like, why not? So it took me several times of getting weird looks and not actually getting any sausage before I realized what they were actually saying. All right. That's my question. Thanks, guys. Merci. Merci. Feels like kind of a long road just to stealth brag that he was living in Paris. Honestly. (laughs) Stinky. Stinky. So the the uh, the I I had a recent interaction here. This was just a an English as a second language situation, but I went to get a milk tea uh, from a local place, and the gentleman helping me, uh, I I asked for chamomile uh, because it was after it was the it was later in the day, and I didn't want to have caffeine, so I asked for chamomile, and he thought mm. I was saying caramel. And there was like a back and forth there, and then there was a third thing that he thought. I mean, I, I just—I I wouldn't be surprised of anyone thinking that you were just requesting caramel. Can I get just a mug of caramel, please? <laughs> Can I just get a large hot butterscotch? Uh, uh, and then we—and then we had fun about it. And then he remembered next time, and he was like, "Hey, chamomile." I was like, "Ah, you remembered." It was—it oh, was great. We're friends. Mm. Oh God, he's probably on your top ten list of friends too. Sadly, <laughs> uh, I definitely have had a situation like this, and I can't think of any off the top of my head where anything's gone like uh, you know, in, you know, wrong in 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 a way that it wasn't just resolved moments later or whatever. Uh, so I can't. I don't really have one. Wise, I've traveled to Italy, um, and ordering there was was tough as far as like the other places i've gone cartagena and in, in colombia um uh, i'm just thinking of uh where, where english is not the 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 native language and 
And uh, it's never been too much of an issue for me. I, I don't have a good. I don't have a good answer. I just don't have a good I have answer. A, I have a friend who went to a uh, a place that has a ceviche and was trying to order like two like margaritas, two cocktails, and inadvertently got two shrimp cocktails. That's like cocktails, and so he got that like two rules. huge shrimp cocktails. Like, well, now what, what am I going to do with this? Fucking uh, eat them, but yeah. I yeah, yeah, guess what you got to do. Um, yeah, no, Italy, Italy, Mexico City, no, no, Italy honestly, just I mean, kept like, getting mistaken for for Wario, right? No, I'll tell you what the truth is: is leave that, a Mario alone. <laughs> no, I told you that they they came up and they said Amore because of Randy from Love. They the, the, that's right. Tri- uh, which was a nice moment, but uh, but for the most part, I will try to explain. And I'm like very, I'm also like a like a dumb guy in the way where that like, uh, like if I'm in Italy and like I'm trying to like it, try to say like order something in English and then I'll start like being like eh, and like like I'll have like an Italian accent. I'm like, what am I doing? I'm not right. helping by trying to like sound Italian. And so, yes. like, uh, like I eventually just get to like gestures and trying to explain myself, and eventually it just ends with the person laughing at me. Like, uh, this big guy is like jumping up and down trying to explain in a in a friendly way, trying to sure. explain what he wants, and they eventually get what I'm trying to say, but they end up laughing at me because I'm a big goofball. Uh, yeah. But uh, nothing, nothing to the point that's ever like I'll always I'll always get there. Oh, with with food, I'll always end up getting what I want. So I've never had a sure. A situation like this, unless I've told one on the podcast, I'm sure it's happened. I don't know. I forget everything. What what the fuck am I supposed to say? Yeah. Well, the good news is that it's a very visual medium, you know, especially if you're traveling <laughs> around and you can point at stuff. It's hopefully not right. that big of a deal. Um, Mitch, I know you love going table to table and sticking fingers into people's food and just saying, "I'll have this." <laughs> That's, a big one That's how you. I did it in Italy, jumping around from table yeah. to table. Exactly. I will. Similarly, though, you you were talking about your being mislabeled while in Italy. Years ago, I was in India for a separate work project, and uh, a lot of the young Indian kids, like I'm six three, large adult American man, everyone would come up to me. These short little Indian kids, and they would say, "Good fitness, man. Good fitness," because I'm just like a giant compared to them, and they would sort of squeeze me in the middle as I'm oh, walking yeah. around. <laughs> and I'm like, man, I just I think you guys have a very different definition of fitness than I. Do. <laughs> Farley, that that is that is a thing as a big and I and I heard that we were gonna go to Japan this last year and I heard that I would have gotten it a lot in Japan, um, but it's a thing where Wags I told the story on the podcast where we went to a restaurant in Italy, uh, which was damn it was such a good meal too, uh, I wish I could remember the name of the restaurant. Oh Roma Sparita, that's what it's called. Just mm. popped into my head. Roma Sparita. We went there and the uh, the waiter. We were waiting, and he and he like helped us out big time because we were getting into like a big Quincy fight about what to order, and then the waiter like helped us out, and then after the meal he just jumped on my back like I was Yoshi. I told you this. He rode yes. me around like I was Yoshi. <laughs> yes. And so like so often they'll be like big guy like and they like you know what I mean like they uh, but but for the most part I'll I'll yeah eventually I'll get to where where I want to go Mexico City like I, I'll mm-hmm. research ahead of time. I I want to. Uh, a famous uh, uh, restaurant down there, uh, uh, Pujol, and, uh, mm-hmm. and 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 there's like a, ta- a taco tasting menu, and so that was kind of crazy because they were explaining to you that like I was eating like ant larva and stuff, and I 
And that's I'm not usually into you know the bug bug world as much. Uh, not bug main. Everyone relax. Mm-hmm. The bug main listeners. I love bug main. Uh, but but uh, but but when it comes to insects and stuff like that, I'm a little bit more weary. So when they when it was coming to that, like it was like, what is this exactly? And then I'd find out that it was like larva or whatever, and I would still eat it. Or uh, what's what's the uh, what are the crickets that they that they mash up, Farley? The chapulines, yeah, chapulines, chapulines, yeah. stuff like that. Um, but nothing to where I've gotten like a comical, you know, uh, shrimp cocktail when I'm trying to order like a mai tai. Sure, Farley. Anything? Anything come to mind? No, no. I, I think the the Indian thing is probably the closest that the comic- right. You're you're not wrong, Mitch. In like you know going to Mexico City and and just not really having an understanding and no one is expecting you to be a fully well-versed person, not only in the language, but in the depths of the cuisine. And so I think, especially in my job, like I'm a, I'm a tall white dude who grew up on a dairy farm and have the job that I have in a city that is 50% Latino. Um, I'm never going to know as much as there is to know, but as long as you approach it with an honesty and a willingness to learn and share and and be Mm. grateful for what you're given. And like you said, eating the the Eskimo, the larvae and things like that, I think you'll be treated well. People really want to serve you great food and have you come back. When we think about street food, not only in America, but globally, you know, these are places that don't have Yelp reviews or big public accounts for the most part on Instagram or whatever. So their entire business model is prefaced on the notion that they're feeding the community exactly where they're at. And they are offering you a quality meal at a decent price so that you do come back. Because if word got out that they were making you sick or whatever people are afraid of or serving you food that you didn't like, they would simply go out of business. So it is in their best interest to cater to you just like any other restaurant. So just having that open mind, I think will get you really far. Wow. Put it, put it great once again. Yeah, great. Sage, sage words man. and some, yeah. and some, some, some great insight, and it feels like some, some much needed optimism uh, from, uh, from, from the, from our guest side. Uh, if you have a question or comment about the world of chain restaurants, you can email us at doughboyspodcast at gmail.com or leave us a voicemail at eight three zero go dough. That's eight three zero four six three six eight four four. And to get the Doughboys Double our weekly bonus episode, you can join the Golden or Platinum Play Club at patreon.com slash doughboys. What a good episode, Farley Elliott. Thank you so much for joining us. Yeah. Good to hear you guys. What what a, what a treat. We had a, we had a great time to ha- having you here and we have an upcoming Patreon episode we are going to do with you when again things settle down uh but that's a that's a destination sort of thing that we're pretty excited about so hopefully we can make that happen in the near future. Uh anyway, right now tell us uh, anything you'd like to plug. Yeah, you can find me everywhere online at over over under. My book is Los Angeles Street Food: A History from Tamaleros to Taco Trucks. It deals with the history of and growth of street food dining in Los Angeles from the 1800s to today. And you can read all of my stuff at la.eater.com. And honestly, IRC Independent Restaurant Coalition, donate money if you can. Restaurants still need your help. We'll be doing that. Yeah, yeah. it sounds like a good cause. Sounds like a very good cause, Mitch. Mm. We said good on purpose. <laughs> I don't believe that they said good on purpose. Mitch was mad they would, about they it. They didn't at know. First. It was a mistake. They don't they're not they're not going to give the money. They they donated. I did the math and they left out two goods. <laughs> there were some incidental goods they forgot about. I love Emma, but they should fire Emma for missing the goods. <laughs> no one can fire me. I'm unfireable. No, yeah, wow. Emma's in charge. Uh, Farley, thank you so much. An absolute delight to talk with you. Uh, Thank you so much for giving us so much of your time. Thanks, guys. Thank you. A six-forker. A a, a (laughs) six-forker in your head, Cannon.
Uh, five mm-hmm. forks for me. Platinum Plate Club regardless. And that'll do it for this episode of Doughboys. Until next time, for Mr. Slice Mike Mitchell, I'm Nick Weiger. Happy eating. See ya. On the next Doughboys Double, we're reopening up the Biggie Size Feed Bag. Yu Song Lu returns to help Mitch, Emma, and me answer your questions and probably make fun of you. Get the Doughboys Double every Tuesday only at patreon.com slash doughboys. Want to see the sources for this week's intro? Check the episode description. That was a HeadGum Podcast. Tuesday, March 26th at 7.30 p.m. Pacific, the live finale of Munch Madness 2024, the Tournament of Champions 9, Dokiero Taco Bell, will be at the Dynasty Typewriter in Los Angeles. Join us there in person or via our live stream. That's right. And guess what? We got some great guests lined up. Mono Agapian. Wow. John Gabris. Wow. Betsy Sodaro. Wow. The Taco Bell crew has reassembled for this noble act deciding what is the ultimate Taco Bell menu item. You can see it in person. You can see it on the live stream. Get the tickets at the same place. Birdfuck.com. Birdfuck.com. Go to birdfuck.com. Birdfuck.com.